Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. How are you doing today, Miracle? Great. What about you? I am. I'm doing okay. I was about to say, I said, how are you doing, Miracle? And then I was going to say, introduce yourself, which is redundant, is it not? Well, you do that all the time. I, I'm trying to like like streamline like a, like a process for us, but it's like, it's a little bit different every time. Maybe that's part of our charm, that it's a little bit different every time we do this. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, are you excited? I am super excited. Very super mega excited. Yee. Yes. Uh, because we, it is... December 22nd, 2021, and it is 2.20. It is. Right it now. is. Uh, but they're going to be seeing this on December 23rd, so. Oh, it messed <laughs> up the flow. It's we, fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We're good. Um, we got a lot to talk about today. So we're going to get into Matrix reviews. We've got, uh, I, I found a couple of them that are just giving the general overall consensus that the, the reviews are split. Mm-hmm. I've got two of them, one from IGN and one from IndieWire that I think have this interesting kind of dichotomy between them. Mm-hmm. And then we're also going to talk about the idea that Venom is out of the MCU per the mm-hmm. scene from Spider-Man uh, Far From Home. Yep. And then we are going to have our very first anime update. Anime update of the week. It's uh, it's going to be Miracle's very own personal segment where she mm-hmm. will talk about all things anime that uh, are exciting to her, what she's excited to see coming up. I'm uh, sorry. I'm very old school. I only talk about old ones. New ones are here and there. Here and there? Yeah. yeah. I think you mean hit or miss. No, here and there, like news-wise. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I know what I'm talking about. She- Today, I woke up learning how to speak English for the first time. Mind blown. She knows, she's, she, she will English well today. We are also going to talk about this hilarious story about Pete Davidson and Kanye West possibly ending up at the same birthday party. Yep. <laughs> and then we are going to discuss our final thoughts on on Hawkeye uh, with its <laughs> conclusion episode. I actually hated this episode. Like I hated it. Well, a you're lot. like giving it away early. Stop that. Uh, we've got we've got strong opinions on, <laughs> on Hawkeye, and we're going to go into that. So you kind of remind me of Yana when she is it Yana or Yelena? Yelena. Yelena when she smacks uh, Katie. Yes, that is me. That's you earlier, where yes. you're like, don't give it away. Exactly, I don't want you to give it away. So first, we're going to talk about uh, the Matrix. Mm-hmm. We are going to talk about the Matrix uh, Resurrections and the polarizing nature of the reviews that we're seeing here. Also, you forgot to say we pulled this article from our very own website. I haven't us. gotten there yet. Sorry. What the heck? Come oh. on, man. Are you, do you want this job? We can switch seats. <laughs> we can switch seats. If you want to do this, you can. Uh, you have to read a lot. And if you're, if you're like, are you dyslexic like me? Because that's a lot of work for me. You know, I 
I'm very dyslexic. Well, there you go. Like, if you want to take over the responsibility and make it so that I don't have to talk as much, <laughs> considering I suck at reading, uh, you can do that. But we've got this article here from TimCast.com with our, <laughs> with our favorite writer from TimCast.com, Mike Robeson. Robeson? Robison. Um, we They're all our favorite writers at TimCast.com. Yes. Um, this article says, The Matrix Resurrections debuts to mixed reactions. The fourth installment in the franchise debuted on the big and small screen alike Tuesday. I think it debuted Wednesday in the morning. So mm-hmm. there, he's talking about like late night on Tuesday. Well, for um, the West Coast. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, you're the right. The West Coast. And then critics got it uh, a day earlier. They yes. had a special screening. Well, they get, uh, I mean, well, the reviews have been out for a while. One of the reasons that I was doubtful about this was Jeremy Johns' review, mm. um, his non-spoiler review, which was not, I mean, you know, he's not unkind because he's, uh, he's got a great way of delivering his reviews, but uh, it definitely made me, uh, I, I definitely had my reservations. So the article starts, the much-anticipated fourth entry into the Matrix franchise premiered Tuesday, arriving 18 years after the last installment. In the long-awaited fourth installment in the sci-fi franchise, early reviews for the Matrix directed by The Matrix Resurrections, directed by Lana Wachowski, have been less than stellar, calling the film, quote, laughably bad, and another says, quote, another truly horrible sequel. Many diehard franchise fans took to social media and comment... In comment sections across the internet, lauding the film for continuing the journey down the dark rabbit hole of alternate realities. However, the film has been met by harsh criticism from, uh, cr- from film experts worldwide. Kevin Marr at the Times said of the film, quote, The Curse of the Matrix Strikes Again, an ingenious, inventive, and era-defining sci-fi movie from 1999, has now, with the, best, er, with the latest and long-awaited misfire, produced yet another truly horrible sequel. While Peter Bradshaw from The Guardian said, 18 years after what we thought was the third and final Matrix film, The Matrix Revolutions, uh, Lana Wachowski has directed a fourth, The Matrix Resurrections. But despite some ingenious touches, a very funny name, for example, for a VR coffee shop, the boulder has been rolled back from the tomb to reveal that the franchise's corpse is sadly still there. Um, Those are some harsh ones. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to get into the IGN article as well as the one from IndieWire because they kind of have have different uh, perspectives on this mm-hmm. um, but it just goes to show like when uh, all the reviews that I've seen so far have been very very like they refer to the meta humor a lot right so they're talking yeah. or the the meta nature no, I guess that's not necessarily humor but the meta nature of the film meaning that it's very aware that it's a matrix movie yeah which yes thank you but the mic closer <laughs> uh, Miracle's doing that thing again where she does not have the mic close enough um, and for me uh I just, I have a hard time, like, I, we're going to see it. We're going to see it today. But I have a hard time getting excited when, you know, usually <coughs> when the audience, usually when the critics hate something, it means the audience is going to love it these days, at least uh, as far as Rotten Tomatoes. But that doesn't seem to be the case here because none of the reviews from the critic or from the fans on the website have been any better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to, well, t- let's talk about the, the IGN article first. And it says, The Matrix Resurrections Review. Maybe we shouldn't have followed the White Rabbit. <laughs> uh, this is a spoiler review for The Matrix Resurrections, which hits theaters and HBO Max December 22nd. 
Nostalgia naysayers are often quick to trash remakes, reboots, or long-led sequels. They call them blatant cash grabs or cheap temp tentpole vehicles solely meant to play into decades-old excitement. Mm -hmm. Statements like those can be easy to dismiss, but unfortunately, fans who are skeptical of another Matrix sequel are proven right when it comes to the Matrix Resurrections. There are good parts, of course. Ke Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss returning as Neo and Trinity is a dream come true, and the new players make delightful additions to the cast. Jonathan Groff eats up every scene in, uh, he's in as, as Smith, and Jessica Henwick's bugs might actually be the best part of Resurrections. I've actually heard that from multiple of these sites, that she kind of steals the show. Yeah. If I remember correctly, Jeremy Johns said that he thought she had the the most standout role or performance in this in this film. So mm -hmm. uh, are you excited more about her character or like new characters? Or are you more excited about seeing the old characters come back? I'm more excited for the old characters, but like speaking about like how critics are like getting like mixed reviews about it. Nostalgia critic puts it really well. If you're not familiar with the Matrix and you don't want to watch it, don't watch it. Like this is really unusual. Usually like critics, they said, They'll usually say, like, oh, yeah, if you want to see this movie, see it. He doesn't recommend it. He's like... You In what way? Um, he's like, don't waste your time. Like, it's it's good, but... Mm. He says it's good, but don't waste your time? Like, he thinks it's, like... It's it's good for, like, nostalgia feel, but just, like, story-wise, it's not that great. And, and, like, basically, it, like destroys like the whole other three matrix and he's like it's kind of like not worth it okay mm -hmm. All right. it's not worth it and if you don't like if you're planning to see it he's like don't even bother which is like kind of unusual for me for to hear a critic say something like that unless it's like really bad that's that's definitely something to be concerned to, to be, thank you for that call. sorry that was, that's beautiful um it's definitely something to be concerned about to me um it depends on the type of person you are. Uh, Miracle is coughing a lot today. Yeah, um, because I walk to work again, yes. and I think the cold is like messing up yeah. my breathing flow. <laughs> so to me, this is one of those things where if you are uh, if you're one of those people who can watch an entry into a film franchise that comes years later and it's really bad, but that doesn't ruin the original for you. Like some people can't do that. Like. Uh, I'm on the fence. Like if something's if something comes out decades later, mm -hmm. sometimes that can ruin the original for me. Mm -hmm. It can make it harder for me to watch that knowing the way they go with it years later. Some people don't have that problem, you know. Uh, p some people can watch the Disney sequel trilogy and it doesn't affect how much they enjoy the original uh, trilogy of Star Wars movies. Other people aren't quite so forgiving, you know. If they, if they watch something that bastardizes the source material or seems to take characters in a direction that they wouldn't normally go or doesn't feel authentic to the universe, mm -hmm. that affects their ability to watch the old movies uh, back. Yeah. Uh, I don't really have that problem, so I don't think that this is going to ruin the original Matrix for me, especially since I don't have a strong connection to two or three. I only have that strong connection to the first film. Mm -hmm. So they were already on their way to, like, not making me happy with the other two movies. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, it's just interesting because this is an IGN article and usually you expect the critics from these mainstream sites to be very forgiving <laughs> when it comes to these properties, right? They, they want to be, they still want access to their movies. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I think Disney gets a break more than Warner Brothers so that maybe that plays a role into it. Maybe yeah. they would be less likely to, to trash this film if this was coming out through a Disney subsidiary. I don't know. I don't know. So let's continue. 
It says, I'd go as far as to say that The Matrix Resurrections is made up almost entirely of good ideas. The problem is that it's not a good movie. It's a bunch of individually neat ideas stacked in a trench coat like a bunch of kids trying to buy a ticket to an R-rated film. Oof. Cleverness is met with laughably bad execution at nearly every turn. Oof. Let's take the story's meta-ness as an example. That's, they always seemed like all the bad reviews come back to the meta nature of well, the film. Well, because there's like a scene within the movie where it kind of breaks the fourth wall within the movie go ahead uh we're doing uh we can go into spo- uh, spoiler alert if you're uh, yeah we're gonna so talk basically uh, um neil what you know about yeah so within the movie he's like it jumps back and forth to this like two scenarios where he's talking to a therapist and then the people in the matrix are telling him no the matrix is real stay and like his therapist was like no i'm holding you right here that is not real this is the real um, world. I'm holding you. I'm a physical person. Okay. And it jumps a lot. Like, it kind of, like, rewrites all three. Make- this is why I was, like, this is kind of weird. Because, like, I was listening to the review of it. And, like, looking into it, too. And we'll know like, tomorrow. Like, yeah. we'll, maybe tomorrow we'll be, we'll have a different opinion. So maybe. That, that could be, like, I always think it's weird. Like, we have to be careful. Like, we have to do this for work because it's important <coughs> to talk about what critics are saying. Mm-hmm. But it's hard. To, you also have to not let it color your opinion of the movie once you see it. Yeah, but, like, I don't know. Because for me, I feel like that's kind of lazy writing. Like, doing two scenarios and rewriting, like, the whole movie franchise. Because they're saying, like, maybe this is all in his head and it's, like, a big elaborate yeah. dream. And that's kind of the problem, right? When the first Matrix came out, I mean, you weren't even born yet. Nope. And this was a movie that was groundbreaking in the idea of simulation theory. And all of this stuff was very, very uh, new mm-hmm. and very, very topical at the time. Now it's like these topics have been picked apart. There's been other movies made. I mean, the Matrix has been a cultural phenomenon in this country. We're going on 20 years. Mm-hmm. So to return to that same well, I just don't know if any script could have really done uh, I don't know how many scripts there are that could have done the movie justice. I mean, we'll see tomorrow, like given our own opinions, but it's not hard to believe. Wh- or, uh, it's not hard to understand why critics are responding this way. I'm just surprised it's coming from mainstream critics that are mm-hmm. doing this, that they're not like shilling for the movie to keep their access to, to be able mm-hmm. to see these, tri- uh, these movies ahead yeah, of time. Yeah. That's why I thought it was strange when, um, when is it Paul? Uh, no, it's Doug. Doug basically yes. said like, yeah, it's not worth it. That's, well, he's he's not really main. He's mainstream internet, but he's not mm-hmm. mainstream news. I know, like, but like, still, he's still a critic. But he but he gives honest. <laughs> I'm saying, but he's not tied to like a company that Disney or WB owns, so they kind mm-hmm. of push them to give positive reviews. But also, this movie came out during um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. So oh, yeah, I <laughs> identify with that movie more. More okay. So, <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe we might have a different uh, opinion like how you said, but I'm still kind of weirded out because it kind of sounds like lazy writing where they're trying to rewrite the whole thing by saying, it was all magical dream. He's actually in the therapist's office. So it says, the, this attempt at deep meta-commentary seems to come at the expense of the fight scenes, uh, something that the franchise was, up until this point, known for. We know Reeves still has the chops, given the impressive fight choreography of the John Wick franchise, and all new chunks of the Matrix DNA missing uh, and... <coughs> 
And all new players added in Resurrections have proven on-screen fight abilities like Henwick. Uh, Jessica Henwick is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Uh, Why then is this huge chunk of the Matrix DNA missing from the sequel? That's another consistent complaint is that it looks more like a Jason Bourne movie than it does a Matrix movie. Mm -hmm. So that, I mean, that's a, we're going to go on to the, to the IndieWire article, which I think is interesting because it takes the, almost the complete opposite perspective. Yeah. And it says, the Matrix Resurrections review, the boldest and most personal franchise sequel since The Last Jedi and you know my opinion on anything compared to The Last Jedi be wary be very very wary at a time when Hollywood blockbusters can only seem to be about themselves Lana Wachowski subverts that trend in extraordinary ways another word you should always look out for subverting expectations another thing that you should be very very uh, hesitant to hear because it means that they're going to take what you know and love and just change it for the sake of changing it Mm-hmm. So it says, it's fitting, maybe even fate, that Spider-Man No Way Home should be the biggest and virtually only movie in the world uh, on the week that The Matrix Resurrections is released. Both are mega-budget meta-sequels that feed on our collective familiarity with, re- with their respective franchises. One is a poison, uh, the other is an antidote. The other, it's antidote. One is a safe plastic monument to the solipsism of today's studio cinema, an, or, an orgiastic celebration of how studio film filmmaking has created a feedback loop so powerful that it's programmed audiences to reject anything that threatens its perfection and to clap like seals for anything that reaffirms it. <laughs> Even if that means cheering, on, cheering for the unexpected return of heroes and villains they were once eager to leave behind. He's clearly referring to like, to, or not to, to Andrew Garfield mm-hmm. and nobody like, people didn't like him as the amazing Spider-Man, but then when he comes back, he's clearly lovable again because it fits into their view, you know, their this like you said, the feedback loop. I actually think the the writing here is really good. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of uh, elitist and uh, highbrow. You know what I mean? S- sounding, he's working very hard to sound. Uh, well, maybe he's not working very hard. It's 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 trying to sound extremely intelligent for a movie that's. By all int- for all intents and purposes, seems to just be a big blo- a big blockbuster tentpole movie, right? Or or he just got a book for AP English and just <laughs> found all the synonyms. I will give him a benefit of the, benefit <clears throat> of the doubt and say that he always writes like this. That's fine, mm-hmm. you know. Like the the article's well written, um, but you know his opinion of the movie is his opinion. That's the beauty of this. He's allowed to believe what he wants. But everybody I, has their right to their own opinion, which that's why. Brett and I still want to watch this movie and review it for yep. tomorrow. Yep. The other is a jagged little red pill of a blockbuster that exhumes its intellectual property with such a pronounced sense of deja vu that it, the comforts of its memory start to feel like bars of a cage. Uh, and the perfect circle of its feedback loop blurs into a particular, uh, into a particle accelerator spinning faster and faster in order to create something new and romantic. Uh, okay. Well, I take that as to mean like... Uh, it, it takes its intellectual property and then uh, the deja vu, the, the comforts of it. So it's like saying like the old property, the one that everybody knows and love is somehow like uh, holding back this vision. That's what he's saying. Like, that's what I feel like he's saying. He's saying, like, uh, it wants to be its own thing so bad that the what you know and love about the Matrix is just holding back this new vision they have for the property. Maybe I can kind of see what he's talking about, but still. That's giving the most charitable... Uh, take on the movie I think right Mm -hmm. so it's taking what for all intents and purposes looks to be like a uh, a C plus uh, or a C movie with a lot of misfires and giving it like a a flowery coat to make it sound better than it is Mm -hmm. it was like a C minus trying to avoid that D but then it still went to an F 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, I, I'm just I'm scrolling farther down the article here because there's what, another part that I wanted to read about. Once upon a time, at the brink of history, between one century and another, there was a corporate drone who doubted the true nature of his world and grew obsessed with finding the man who could show him what lay beneath the curtain. That time, uh, this time around, Thomas Anderson, Keanu Reeves, is a creative genius who designed the curtain, and he's doing everything he can to convince himself that nothing is on the other side. See, I don't think you the need therapist to, part. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think they need to go there. Yeah. I think continuing that story without changing that character is the better way to go. That's just my personal opinion. Like maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, but uh, it doesn't seem like it's resonating with uh, audiences the mm -hmm. way that they were hoping it would. It says those glitches he sees in the, uh, are those glitches he sees in the, of the in the code of reality. There are prescription blue pills for that. What about the nagging suspicion that his face isn't right, that he somehow knows Tiffany Carrie Ann Moss, the badass soccer mommy keeps seeing at the sim simulate coffee shop. Okay, they were right about that. That is clever. Uh, that the hit of, uh, of trilogy video games he created about a war between humans and the machines who kept their minds enslaved is in, the, in some kind of computer matrix wasn't a story he came up with, but something he remembered from another life. All fodder for Thomas's therapy sessions with his analyst, played by Neil Patrick Harris, who is a logical answer ready for every question. The brilliant conceit of the Matrix Resurrections, and this is not a spoiler by any measure, is that it's, some, that it's about someone who doesn't want to disbelieve in his life. Not again. Not after his last breakdown almost ended in suicide. And it's not like Thomas is stuck in some uh, anonymous noir city program for the characters of a simulation. On the contrary, he lives in a recognizable San Francisco so bright and poppy that every window of his, sky, of his skyscraper office uh, appears to provide its own Instagram filter. See, I hate that. <laughs> Don't compare it to filters. The, no, I'm saying, well, I hate that it's bright. I, mm -hmm. I hate that it doesn't have the dark tone and the, the noir uh, elements that made The Matrix what it was. So, like, again, we're, gonna, we're letting this color our perspective before we see it. But I thought these two perspectives, like, this guy's giving it a very, very positive take. But they don't seem to be uh, conceding different parts. He just has a brighter view of what he's seeing than, mm -hmm. than the other ones. And that all comes back to personal experience because art is essentially always going to be subjective. Whether, we, whether people want to admit it or not, there is, yeah. such a, there is no <clears throat> real right answer when it comes to this stuff. Only opinion. Yeah, everybody has their own opinion of everything. They um, they interpret it their own special way. So whatever his life experience was, mm -hmm. whatever his connection to the original trilogy was, colors this view of this fourth film. Mm -hmm. The same goes for the writer from the IGN article. And that's, I mean, that speaks to just how subjective all this stuff is. Mm -hmm. Like, we get bogged down in, like, was it good, was it bad, when you really should be asking, like, was it all right? Yeah, what, what, is it okay for everyone to have their own opinion? And yeah. I think it is. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm still excited to see it because I do want to see, like, do I agree with most critics for once? Or, do, or maybe I end up loving this movie and I, I can't believe it. Who knows? We'll see that right, right when we're done here. <laughs> yeah, we're, after this, we're going to watch it. But you know what else? We should really worry about <coughs> Venom. Oh, man. That Where was is a, Venom going? That was a fantastic transition, young lady. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, let's get into Venom. <laughs> We've got uh, some news from... Uh, oh, gosh. Wrong article. There we go. Um, there get your job right. I'm, uh, I'm totally failing right now. I know. I'm failing big time. I can't read. I would take your job if I couldn't read. She can't read. I can't hit buttons properly. We're screwing this all up. Yeah. 
It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay. All right. So it says Marvel, Tom Hardy, Venom out of the MCU. Wah, wah, wah. No. I know, right? Tom Hardy's Venom looks to be out of the MCU, judging from the Let There Be Carnage and Spider Man No Way Home post credit scenes. And then it says right here, spoiler, follow for both flicks. Spoilers follow for both flicks. So if you haven't seen uh, Venom or mm-hmm. you haven't seen Spider-Man No Way Home, please uh, do not watch this segment. We do not want to ruin these parts for you. But or I'm you guessing most of the people, if they're watching content like this, they've definitely seen it. Yeah. Yeah. So it says, Venom, let there be carnage post-credit scene. The Venom, let there be carnage post-credit scene seemed to confirm that Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock and Venom were part of the MCU as the footage seemed to show them in Mexico getting snapped and returning five years later where the Tom Holland Spider-Man was shown, which was an obvious way to connect uh, Venom to Spider-Man, where it's teased Venom would go after Spider-Man in New York. I think a lot of people thought that. They thought he was going to be a part of No Way Home. Mm -hmm. Did you think you were going to see him in there? I really thought so, because there were so many fan theories that he was going to be one of the six. And we've seen so much uh, integration (gasps) between Sony and Marvel for these last few movies. I mean, allowing Andrew Garfield and allowing Tobey Maguire to appear. uh, That's a lot of integration of Sony characters in Marvel films. Mm -hmm. But also it would, I kind of see where they're going because like the villains, like the number of villains, like how, um, how many they took from each movie. So Tobey Maguire's, they had two of them, which is Green Goblin and Doc Ock. Mm -hmm. And then from Andrew Garfield, it was, Electro and then Sandman. No, he was in um Toby Maguire's. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, three. it's three. I don't like this. This is uneven. Unfair. This is unfair. Bring in Venom. Yep. So uh I, I'm honestly glad that they didn't because I think mm-hmm. it would have like Tom Hardy is so good mm-hmm. at the, as that character. I think it does him a disservice to just, uh, oh, like to just Wait, put him behind yeah. William Defoe, who did fantastic, mm-hmm. to put him behind Alfred Molina, who did fantastic. Mm-hmm. Then he becomes a background character when, in all honesty, he's becoming the star in his, I mean, he's a, Tom Hardy's a star already, but Venom as a character. You're a star. But Venom as a character is becoming a star in its own right with its own franchises. Both those movies have done extremely well. Mm -hmm. So there's no reason to just use him as a bit player in those other movies. All those other characters are no longer part of ongoing franchises, whereas Venom absolutely is. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I kind of wanted to see more. That's all I wanted. Of Venom? Mm Mm-hmm. In in that movie? I mean, that scene was very short. Uh, It was. I didn't, but that's more than I expected. I didn't expect to see him at all. I thought that was, uh, I thought they were going to save him and leave him out, but. They were going to save Venom. Yep. So it says, uh, it says, the Venom Let There Be Carnage post-credit scene, let's start again here, seemed to confirm that Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock and Venom were part of the MCU as footage seemed to show them in Mexico getting snapped and returning five years later where where the Tom Holland Spider-Man was shown, which was an obvious way to connect Venom to Spider-Man, where it was teased Venom would go after Spider-Man in New York. However, that doesn't exactly appear to be the case. The Spider-Man No Way Home mid-credit scene appear, uh, happened to feature Eddie and Venom in Mexico again, where, uh, where rather oddly, they knew nothing about the Avengers. Remember, per above, they seemed to be part of the MCU. And then when we saw Eddie disappear after Doctor Strange made the spell to correct things which sent everyone from the multiverse back to their own universe, so, what, so that means that Tom Hardy's Venom was never a part of the MCU. 
right? <laughs> and, was, uh, and was sent back to his own universe, question mark. <laughs> uh, and, we also know, and we also saw the little <coughs> piece of venom left over, which I am guessing corroborates those rumors that Tom Holland will be sporting the black Spider-Man, suit co- or black Spider-Man costume from, Secret Wars com- from the Secret Wars comic at some point in the MCU. But again, it won't directly be connected to the Tom Hardy version of Venom because they're not the same. Mm-hmm. They're, I mean, they're keeping these universes fairly separate. I don't know. I'm kind of excited, like, on their new take of Venom because, like, the Tobey Maguire one, that one was kind of iffy. Yeah, well, nobody liked nobody liked Topher Grace. <laughs> What's wrong with him? And I'm saying nobody liked him in that role. That oh, 70s oh, okay. show was fantastic. Nobody can, nobody has a problem with him in that uh, Okay, in because that show. I was like, I grew up with that 70s show, and I loved the ending of that show. How did it end? You never watched it? I never watched it. Oh, my God. So, basically, the whole show, like, you know they're smoking weed. Yeah, that part I do know. Yeah, so they're smoking weed. So the finale episode, basically, um, what's the dad's name? I forgot. Um, So basically, the dad finally goes down to the basement. He's like, oh, my God, what are you doing? And, like, they got caught smoking weed. And he was like, no, none of this. None of this. None of this. So he, like, kicks all of them upstairs, and he tells his wife what happened. And basically, that's how it, it kind of ends like they go to like being adults because their dad told them don't do that funny that the dad never smelled it before (laughs) well it's because like i think they only do like a little bit okay (laughs) and he and i think he was like a little bit curious he was like where did my son and my adopted son and all his friends go (laughs) i i what is the dad's name in that show i I don't know, but I think the actor passed away. No, he did not. Oh, I don't think so. I'm creating rumors that shouldn't start yet. I just, I just watched. He was (laughs) in. uh, He did a really good episode of House where he plays Dave Matthews' uh, father. Mm -hmm. Um, At we're looking. Keep talking, Miracle. Oh, Uh, it's yeah. Um, that's how it ends. Kurtwood like, Smith. Okay. Kurtwood Smith. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a, I, I knew he had a name that was, that sounded interesting like that. I couldn't remember quite mm-hmm. what it was. Back on topic to Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. Come back. We're, we're back to Tom Hardy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, so Tom, it says right down here, it says Tom Hardy was never a part of the MCU. So what happened? Well, the Tom Hardy Venom was never a part of the MCU and was only brought in to give Tom Holland uh, the Spider-Man, uh, Tom Holland Spider-Man the black suit. While the Venom 2 post credit scene made it seem as if to, uh, Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock was snapped, in truth, it was he, he never was snapped, but was brought into the MCU five years later, following the spell having been cast, much the same way Sp- the Amazing Spider- Spider-Man and Spider-Man villains were brought in the M- into the MCU. Recall how in No Way Home it was mentioned that villains had died and they were now alive and that in Holland's universe, the tech is better. That's because the Holland MCU is in the future, much uh, much more into the future than Green Goblin and Doc Ock's own universe uh, where they died years ago. Okay, so that makes more sense because mm-hmm. I actually had timeline questions when we were originally discussing that. <laughs> yeah, I was reading a couple of it. Um, they said our plot hole with Sandman, that wasn't true, like... <laughs> he was only there because like he wanted to help his Spider-Man and then yada yada yada. I didn't hear that line. He only wanted to help the S- Spider-Man from his universe. Well, he was like Peter and like um Tom Holland's Peter was like, "Yeah." And he was like, "Wait, who are you?" Okay. So he was there to help all. But it still mm-hmm. doesn't explain why he was randomly bad at the end, does it? Am I missing something? 
Um, I have to read the comment again because I was reading like the comment section. Which again, I shouldn't which you shouldn't be doing. <laughs> yeah, but I was reading it and they said, yeah, it's not a plot hole. He, They do explain it. Okay, and I'm like, we must have just missed that part. We might have missed it. Yep. Maybe we should have went to the second screening. Could have seen it again. Mm-hmm. Eh, it's okay. Um, I still missed, yeah, I didn't get that part. Like it, I don't think Tim got it either. Right? No, Tim know. said there was like a heavily flawed like yeah. area because like they don't explain. He just turns evil. And my theory was like he only turned evil because the Green Goblin gave that told him to that whole spiel saying we're gods yeah yeah that's what i thought i was like is that enough to turn him evil Mm -hmm. because that's what turned electro evil yeah (laughs) which he was no he was kind of always like i mean he was never really good Mm -hmm. like he wanted the he he liked the way that the electric like the power there made Mm -hmm. him feel so that felt more real to me so it says, uh, recall in Noe Home is mentioned that the villains had died and they were now alive and in the Holland universe the tech is better. That is because the Holland MCU is in the future, much more than the future of the Green Goblin Doc, Doc, Doc Ock's own universe where they died years ago. Mm-hmm. So again, what happened with the Tom Hardy Venom is is that he wasn't snapped, but he was brought to the MCU through Doctor Strange's spell. So the snap never happened is mm-hmm. what they're saying. Okay. Uh, however, the question remains, didn't the spells only bring those people into the MCU because they knew Spider-Man? Uh, well, admittedly, it's a rather weak answer, but in the Venom 2 post credit scene, Venom reveals to Eddie that the symbiotes experience a large number of things, so somehow we are to assume that symbiote, that the symbiote knows Peter Parker as Spider-Man. It's possible that since the symbiotes are cosmic, uh, that they could be connected through time and space, so that in the future, when Tom Holland gets that little piece of the symbiote, Venom could know about it and in the past, and hence the spell works, uh, or even that Hardy's symbiote is connected to the Topher Grace version. I think they said the hive mind can connects them right so the, yeah. the hive mind connects the symbiotes which would explain how he knows him yeah okay well that at least makes some sense at least a little bit more um of course that is not going to stop fan it says obviously the venom 2 post credit scene would have spoiled things for no way home if they explained venom as part of the multiverse but instead they pulled one over on the fans and made fans think hardy got snapped but he never actually did of course this is not going to stop fans from thinking uh, that at one time tom hardy and venom were going to be part of the mcu and that something changed but it uh, but it's explained enough that there is that that where that isn't happening. Oh God, um, I'm having a hard time reading today. A very, it's okay. It's a, a very hard time reading. Uh, I I like Hardy. I would prefer Hardy outside of the MCU. Mm-hmm. I don't want Hardy involved in the MCU. Uh, I, I like him on his own in his own universe, expl- experiencing his own uh, because stories. It's, he has his own special quirkiness, and like I don't want to be tampered. Tonally, it doesn't really fit with the MCU in mm-hmm. the same way. There's some humor, but it, uh, the hu- there's similar types of humor, but I don't feel like it really translate the sa- translates the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, I would rather see him interacting with Morbius coming up than... Yes. Yes. Uh, mm. So we'll, Because Venna can react a funny way again, like how he reacted to Carnage. He was like, no! So uh, here's a question. So just because um, the, the... So Spider-Man can get the suit through the droplet of venom that was left on the bar, right? Mm-hmm. So does that mean that there's no <coughs> venom left in Eddie Brock when he was taken through the multiverse, or is that just a piece? Of, just, it's just, just a piece because, okay. like, um, if you're familiar with the comics, they're like little pieces. Well, so they can break off. Yeah, because okay. like, um, how I was explaining to you about the hybrid, yeah. um, symbiotes. Basically, they took pieces of him, so he still existed as one entity, but taking pieces of him. 
and genetically modifying them, making hybrids. They're different entities. Like Cletus Cassidy biting him. Yeah. And, yeah, okay, yeah. That makes perfect sense because mm-hmm. Cletus Cassidy bites him and gets infected the with, the, with through his blood. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's basically a walking hazmat. Uh, yeah. He should never be out in public. <laughs> if, any, if Eddie Brock was a good person, <laughs> he would never be out in public. He would just wrap himself up in mm-hmm. uh, in bandages yeah. and stay in his apartment to for fear of infecting the world. But come on. Uh, Venom needs to eat He can't just eat chickens Just give him chickens We love chickens here Why can't he eat chickens But he can't eat his chicken Because he's the same thing like Tim Where he's like That's a pet Good point That's true (laughs) They are adorable We don't don't eat the We don't eat the chickens here They're cannibals (laughs) They're they're cannibals No for real they are (laughs) I I, I think I'm more excited about Morbius same than than most of the MCU. You know what I'm really excited for? Oh, those that I can I can just literally see the segue. Your segment. That's what you're excited for. Oh, I was about to skip over that. Nope, we're doing I your segment. I was about to talk about Kanye. Nope, we're about <laughs> we're doing we're doing Kanye next. Uh, we're doing a, your anime news update. Yay, anime news update because mm-hmm. people. F- we're bothering us about this. Well, people love anime, and you're and you're into <coughs> and you're big into anime. You know the stuff. So, mm-hmm. do you want to talk? Let's do um, the Bleach, the Bleach article first. Mm-hmm. So, if you guys are not familiar with Bleach, I know Brett isn't because he's not really an anime guy. So, basically, it revolves around our main character Ichigo. I know about anime in the sense that it's kicking the crap out of American comic books, and that manga is also destroying the crap out of uh, uh, anime is destroying the crap out of American uh, media. entertainment media yeah. and. And Matt manga is destroying the crap out of American <coughs> comic books. I know, yeah. I know that much. Yeah, so we're kind of late on this article, but if you haven't seen the trailer, so let me come to you about the summary. So it rolls around Ichigo. Ichigo, um, he meets this girl named Rukia. Okay. And basically he's like, who are you? And she's like, I need to go back to the Soul Society. And he's like, what? The hell is a soul okay, first, side? Is this a new show or is it's it? A- old, it's an old show, but they're having a new season because, like, the same thing like the Matrix. They Explain had- them the premise of the show. I'm doing that. Right okay. Now. So basically, um, he's a Reaper because, like, he can split his soul from his body. Think of Doctor Strange with that spell where they separate mm-hmm. it, but instead of his body moving in slow motion, it's just dead. Okay. It's just dead, and they can't move. Um, Basically, he is fighting everybody, and this is the last arc, and I believe this is going to be the last season. Okay. The last season and the finale of the whole series. How many seasons were there prior? Over six or seven. Okay, wow. Yeah, it's really good, but basically it's the same thing like The Matrix where they stopped, and now they're finally doing it again. Okay. How long ago did they stop? Do you know? um, roughly. Roughly. I remember watching it in junior high. Okay. Wow. That was like the last time that new episodes were on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because they're over 600 plus. Well, I guess if 700 it's n- plus episodes. If it's not live action, you don't have to worry <laughs> about the actors looking different. Yeah. But um, basically, this is talking about more about the uh, Reapers, the Shinigamis, and the Kuinchis. So Kuinchis are a special race. They're like the Reapers, but they deal with bow and arrows. Okay. That's how the best way I can describe it to a normie. Okay. Um, but they're kind of disappearing so because like the Reapers and like other races like started killing them off. Yeah. Because there's something special about them. Okay. And... It's going to talk about that. So they're going to have a big war. And one of his friends is a Koichi. And you find out that Ichigo later is half Koichi and half Shinigami. 
Okay. And the only reason why he's a Shinigami because his dad was like, yeah, I'm just going to go back to the human world. And he finds his mom laid, laid upon her. Okay. <laughs> and like, that's how he was born. Okay. Like, he's like already OP. You're very excited. I am excited because I grew up with this. Okay. Like, it's better. What part are you looking forward to the most? <laughs> Violence. <laughs> I want to see blood. Lots of blood. Yeah, it's so bloody. Like, I remember their arc with, um, shoot, what are they called again? It's like a special race where, it's not the Koichis, it's the race where, like, basically they have their own, like, I want to say their own demon slash avatars, but basically they live forever. Okay. And if they're, I love it how you keep on saying, okay. Okay. It's like. I'm learning, I'm, I'm learning with the audience right now. Yeah, so basically, I know this is a terrible summary but basically if you kill one of the avatars like the people die like you see them de-age and you can see like how old they are like one guy he was like dude i can't do this anymore and he's like i'm gonna sacrifice myself and they're like no you don't and he's like yes i will because you are evil and he like basically sacrificed himself and you can see like his skin is like melting and wilting to like bones this is why i messed up kind of could be because <laughs> it's it's all that damn media you uh, you took in as a kid yeah but it's so funny too like they have funny moments too like um i have this um doll his name is cone and he's like the lion doll and the only reason why he's alive because there's like a little marble that they put in and he's like a walking uh a walking doll like he's less he's a funnier version of chucky who doesn't really kill because he can't because he's a doll because he's a doll <laughs> yeah so like when ichigo leaves his body to go to soul society they put that little marble into the ichigo's like lifeless body and he used uses it and like he has a bunch of tropes where he's like look at that girl let me just follow her and sneak into the dressing room where if people want to see the show where can they find it um you can find it i believe um <coughs> adult swim is gonna have it okay but if you can't find it there's also can they buy the the seasons you can but i don't know if they're gonna release all the episodes usually when they do anime series like this they release like one episode each week no, I'm saying, can, can people buy box sets of, like, past Oh, seasons? yeah. That's, yeah, that's you what, can. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, before, oh. if, people, if people who are watching this are like, oh, wow, that sounds really interesting. I mm -hmm. want to catch up on the show. You can buy and, the manga series, too. Um, basically, you can buy it either at Walmart. I don't know if they have any more. But you can buy it on where we got the article, uh, otakumode.com. Or, like, you can just Google it on amazon wherever you can find box anime. sets yep. and they and they'll have like english dubs mm -hmm. okay but you can tell like the art difference like this yeah. is what i'm so excited about because the series even though it's like really old like you can see the difference in the art style when they first started it looked really weird and now like look at that gloriness it he's does. gonna slice somebody and don't worry miracle's just a sociopath i think miracle's just kind of evil hey, 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 hey. but also this anime is one of the few animes that introduce black people beautifully okay they don't even care like one of the main characters his name is chad that's awesome yeah and he's like yeah i'm just here i just have a really monster arm how long ago is that <coughs> early 2000s okay awesome yeah so it's one of the few animes that introduce like black characters because and of culturally di it's no. culturally different no i'm saying but out mm -hmm. it, where it comes from it's culturally different than yeah. here where it's far less uh, uh it's far more homogenous there so you don't mm -hmm. see as much of it yeah which 
I wish like people looked into like older animes. They do have like people of color. Mm-hmm. Don't look at Dragon Ball because that's a terrible, a example. horrible example. Yeah, yeah because like <laughs> Dragon Ball does have people of color, but they changed his color because they didn't want to be too racist. That's all. We're getting into very, very touchy territory right yeah, yeah, here. It's cultural differences. Uh, <laughs> it's different over there where, where, where it was created. But yeah, but Chad is actually Hispanic, okay. even though like he, he's a Afro-Latino. Okay. And like I love it so much because like um, they don't care about like anything. They're like, yeah, we're just here to slice and dice. Yeah, well, they're, they're, they don't care about identity politics. They mm-hmm. don't care about uh, any of that stuff. They just want to make good entertainment. They but just want yeah. to make... Uh, fun stuff for people to watch mm-hmm. and like they're creatures that they fight they're called hollows mm-hmm. and like each goes like half hollow also like he's all the characters you can think of that he fights he's all of them that's why he's so op and i love it we're i might have to i might not watch all the seasons but i might watch the new one when it comes out with you, you just can, to, i'll have um, you explain it to me as you can go. find it on netflix too. okay so i'm just gonna read part of the article here. it says in addition to the original cast members numerous staff members will return for the new arc including oh i don't know how to, do you know how to pronounce these names oh uh, uh, where are you at? tomahisa tomahisa Tagu- taguchi mm-hmm. tomahisa taguchi yep. uh kudo Mas- Masa- masashashi Mm-hmm. I'm so, I, I, I regret agreeing to read already. I told you to read these miracles. Will you read, please? Oh no, I'm dying. Stop coughing. No, I need to die. But yeah, so. Uh, yeah, um, Do you want me to start? Yeah, can you read? Can you read? Just in uh, addition to the original cast members and numerous um, staff members who will be returning to the new arc, including Tomo Hisha. Um, yeah, sorry, I read slow when I read, like, Romoji. Taguchi. Taguchi, Taguchi, sorry, I can't read it American. As, um, as a director and to, I can't read either. Is that Kudo Masashi? Yeah. Okay. As a character director, Shiro, uh, Sagishu. Yeah. Sagisu? Yeah. Okay. Shiro I can't read Sagisu? it fast. Like, uh, again, I can't read that, it Yeah, fast. like, I can read it, but I have to, like, slow down and, like, try to... It's like when people try to pronounce my last name, I don't have a problem with it. And, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's like when you're reading something that's difficult, mm-hmm. it's like, you feel bad because you're mispro- you feel like you're mispronouncing it. Yeah. And, like, you're just trying... I'm for, just trying to do it justice. Yeah, for music. Um, basically, dude, also, Bleach is one of the main like animes that i really love japanese rap (laughs) they introduced japanese rap to me okay because um one of the bands that did the opening and endings for bleach was called homemade um kakuzu and like they did the song ariakto and uh shooting stars and asterisk so it says around here, it says, mm-hmm. the thousand-year blood war will see a resolution to the mystery behind protagonist uh, Ichigo's, Ichigo. what is it? Ichigo. Ichigo. Uh, yeah. it's, uh, Ichigo's roots mm-hmm. set against the background of the historic Shinigami, Shinigami and Quincy conflict. Okay, so that's mm-hmm. like the main premise for the, the final yep. season. Ooh, I'm so excited. And it's a one and done. It's not, yeah. not going to be more afterwards. Mm-hmm. Okay. My friend and I, like, we, like, you know that episode from Family Guy where they get exciting news and like everybody's like crashing into the house okay they're like did you see it yeah i just saw it on my phone that's how my friend colin and i were 
<laughs> when you when you heard the news for this yeah like i'm so excited because like i've been talking about it like they've been like hinting that they're gonna do it finally we have a trailer for it that's and exciting. the trailer is like still trending on youtube okay so i you didn't even mention that thing so that there, there's a trailer for it yeah uh, you just passed it no i'm saying but like there's a trailer for it like we just mm-hmm. i just thought it was announced so there's an actual trailer if you go to this yes. article uh you can actually watch the trailer for it mm-hmm. so um, yep. do, do you want to cover the the other news yep. the digimon news Digimon is doing a con for everybody and it's not in person it's online you can stream all the episodes in this con okay so it says Bandai mm-hmm. Namco's uh, announced on Friday Digimon Con, a new <coughs> online event that will stream on the company's official YouTube channel worldwide for free February 26th, starting at 8 p.m. The website lists the event as a celebration of all things Digimon, presenting a wide range of content. Mm-hmm. The event will st- uh, be streamed in both English and Japanese. Portions of the broadcast will vary between English and Japanese streams. Content will include a special planning segment uh, about the Digimon anime, uh, an informative segment about a Digimon game, new information information and an app related segment uh, about the Digimon vital bracelet peripheral Mm -hmm. Uh, the initial selection results uh, for the Digimon illustration competition and a live performance by you're going to have to help me with that name Ayumi Miyazaki Mm. Miyazaki uh, the website will reveal a schedule soon and content may change without notice (laughs) well I'm this was supposed to be your segment. This is your segment, not mine. You know I can't read. I, well, then we're not doing it anymore. <laughs> I'm joking. People are just not going to get any anime news because Miracle won't learn how to read. <laughs> so that's your fault. It's uh, every, Anyone who tunes in is going to be like, but I wanted... Stop coughing. <laughs> I can't. She can't stop coughing. Um, anyone who tunes in and wants more anime news, they're going to be like, but Miracle, will you please learn how to read? I can't read. I can't and, read. And I'll be like, well, that's your <laughs> fault. It's your own fault. So uh, basically, you're saying that if anybody who's like, uh, if you're a big fan of Digimon, they should go and, and try. Yeah, and it's similar. This. So if anybody's familiar with the Adult Swim Con, it's similar to that, uh, where they do it on YouTube for a long period of time. I think they're also doing live streams. I'm not <laughs> sure about it because I know Adult Swim did that. They did that twice. So I'm kind of excited. I want to see like Digimon's, um, like con for it because i grew up with digimon i grew up with pokemon and digimon at the same time and i kind of want people to discuss this which one's better digimon or pokemon and you're what do you think which one what actually what answer would you give i i like pokemon where they're smart about marketing that's why they're still popular with like their products it's insane how popular pokemon still is yep and like digimon it's still faithful to like their audience like um they had they recently like released a new movie where like all the characters are grown up so you remember kai like he's a teenager now same thing with his friends but it's so cute i watched it and i was like legit crying still coughing (coughs) why are you crying because like it's so it this is like this is why i want hollywood to look at how japan is doing it it is so they're so dedicated to the fan base and they do give fan service a little bit but it's so like what is the word again they're i can't think i'm i'm leaving you open here i want I you know, to figure I'm, it out i'm blanking out i want oh, you to figure it out they're it's basically like exactly to the material where oh so they're, they're faithful to the source material thank you that was okay. the word i was like what was the word i can't think like legit coughing made my brain cells die but yeah it was really faithful to the material like basically all the kids 
went to the digi um digital world and like they saw all their digimon and like they're trying to save the world from a virus again and, and you love it mm-hmm. and you love it and, that's and i love it because like they're reliving their childhood but they're just teenagers almost ready to go to college yeah it's so great and th- hollywood should be mm-hmm. searching for more reactions like that mm-hmm. where you're just like it's so great yeah right it's so great it's so great yeah well like japan like has like they know how to pull at like your tears no that's good i mean that's that's the power of <laughs> that's that's the power of good storytelling right uh i feel like a lot of hollywood and a lot of entertainment mediums mm-hmm. have kind of lost that ability to focus on storytelling not just showing good visuals but actually mm-hmm. telling good stories yeah like the same thing with attack on titan like um they just released a new trailer for their final season even though like we all know what happens in the manga and everybody's upset about it but it's so visually pretty and like so would you prefer good storytelling or, vi- or pretty visuals i prefer both <laughs> I, was gonna say, I was gonna say is that too much to ask to get both <coughs> i just like both like um for me but it's a lot to ask mm-hmm. these days it feels like yeah. we can't get both that's true because i couldn't get into one piece because the um, I didn't like the art style, but I do like the story, kind of. I wonder sometimes if it's mm-hmm. like all the money they have to spend on the visual effects, they just can't afford better writers. No, but it's so funny because like, um, I was like reading it. I don't know why I was reading it, but a fun fact, they spend over millions just drawing food. Just drawing food? What do you mean? Like in animation, like their food, like details to food. No, because it's, it's small details, right? It's so yeah. small and it's like, I love it because it looks like you're going to actually eat it. Yeah, that's awesome. And I love little, I love little facts like that. Mm-hmm. Like all the work that goes into making these, you know. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't understand like a lot of the <laughs> a lot of the um the beauty that comes from seeing that makes a scene work, right? If you're mm-hmm. watching like a scene in like an office building and two people are having a, a heated conversation, mm-hmm. what makes that scene work is the is the two people uh slightly out of focus in the background having a conversation that makes the office feel alive. Yeah, it's I love st- it. I mean that's that's a that's a human that's a, mm-hmm. a a far lower example of that, but it's like there's so many details that go into making stuff like that feel real mm-hmm. that a lot of people don't understand that if it's just two people in an office, right? Mm-hmm. So they rent out the space, they're recording there but if there's nobody there to make it actually feel lived in Mm -hmm. then it's just going to seem like a scene it's not going to actually feel like you're experiencing something real exactly i i loved it i just loved the whole industry even though they treat their animators like crap horribly yeah Yeah. they do like um again like if you want to be an animator in japan i wish you luck but it's the hardest thing ever because they overwork you um you don't get the greatest pay unless like you work all the way to the top to be the best animator but still it's really bad like um there's crunch time mm -hmm. like in america with video games crunch time no but like even the manga industry their crunch time is really bad they don't allow them to like sleep sometimes there's like a good anime series it's a lb series um it's called jinju romantica they talk about it a lot like sometimes they don't only sleep yeah very dangerous and unhealthy Yeah. yeah It's just sad because, like, the um, I think I was reading something, sorry, um, where one of the famous voice actors, I think her name is Sanaka, she died at age 35. From what over. happened? Um, it was just, like, it might be suicide. Oh, okay, that's sad. Yeah, so she was, like, only 35 years old, same age as you. Really? So, thank you for that <laughs> creepy comparison. <laughs> sorry. With that being said, we're moving on <laughs> to talk about Pete Davidson, because Pete dates... 
I'm leaving the camera on you too. I'm not even turning it away. <laughs> like you're paying for this now. I'm so I'm, <laughs> now sorry. I'm now I'm getting annoyed with your coughing. No. Uh, this is this is all your fault. Take some Dayquil for gosh sakes. No, imagine like looking at Pete Davidson and Kanye, not making a conversation this is uh this are like i was looking for like a non uh industry related topic today that mm-hmm. in like all of the stuff that you look at it's like uh, is that really all that and then i saw this i'm like yes this is really because i can imagine this exact experience only with far less famous people <laughs> so it says um uh pete davidson and kanye west are both invited to chris jenner's christmas party super effing <coughs> super effing awkward mm-hmm. super effing awkward so it says chris jenner is reportedly planning to host her annual christmas party this year and it should be festive and potentially deeply awkward according to e-news the the moment the mo- oh momager it's like mom but manager get yeah. it momager that exists because dance moms i didn't know that that's a, i mean i get the reference but i'd never heard that before I, oh really believe it or not i'm not a dance mom or like having you heard what's her n- name lil tay oh i know i know the term tiger mom or uh, it's similar to okay that. all right yeah but yeah little tay um her whole like social media accounts are controlled by her mom okay. it's her momager mm, that's funny but I mean, her mom is terrible as a manager because i hate that girl okay. i'm like i wish you're not famous okay well maybe she shouldn't be <laughs> uh so the momager has invited both kim kardashian soon to be ex-husband kanye west and her current boyfriend pete davidson to the <sighs> event uh i'm gonna start counting all of miracle's coughs i'm sorry pete, uh, uh, although tbd uh, to be determined if kanye ends up attending if I was him, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to go. No, but wouldn't it be funny? Because Kanye is one of those people. Like, you remember when he asked the... Who's the one who writes the net um, net worth of people saying they're billionaires? What? Forbes? Yeah. Thank you, okay. Forbes. Okay. Legit, he complained to Forbes. He's like, I'm a billionaire. Fix this. Like, he's one of those people who are really petty. And I want to see him be extra petty. Go like, hey, Pete. Did you donate over this many dollars to little kids for Christmas? I did. I love Kanye. I do too. I love Kanye. Kanye I, is really cool. I want him to to show up and live stream it. I want him to like mm-hmm. tape a camera, like put a GoPro helmet on as part of his like outfit, and mm-hmm. then just and then just live stream the whole awkward thing. Mm-hmm. I just kind of want him to wear like a shirt that says birthday party. Have the, I know right? <laughs> have them both? No, have him and Pete both live stream it together like on their own cameras mm-hmm. that would be super awkward well like um our co-worker shane he was like how's pete famous uh, like other than snl but he's not that f- funny uh he's famous for being like extremely uh mediocre mm-hmm. uh in appearance and bagging extremely attractive women yeah that's he's, what um shane said he it, looks like rami malik if rami malik wasn't a hunk <laughs> who's rami malik uh he's from mr robot the show Mr. Robot? No? No? Played Freddie Mercury in the... Oh, the, him, yeah. Yes. Uh, it looks like him, but uh, if he w- but Remy Malik is like, has this weird, is this very cinematic look to him. It's the sunken eyes. Pete Davidson is the same thing. He's just not in the same level of... Uh, he just looks like he's coked out. He does, kind of. Um, good for him. <laughs> good for him. I'm not here to tell anyone how to live their life. 
And clearly he's doing something right because he's on Saturday Night Live and he's... Uh, he's banged Kim Kardashian. And, and he has begged Kim Kardashian and uh, who's the other one? And um, Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande. And and we're supposed to get married. Like the, he proposed to her. And there was another one before her. It, was like, it wasn't Kate Beckinsale, but it was somebody like that. And I can't remember who it was. But it was like three extremely attractive women that could have anyone they wanted and they chose Pete Davidson. So you know what? He must be funny. Sure. Miracle says no. There was a meme where somebody posted, uh, they said like, how do guys like Pete Davidson always pull women like Kim Kardashian? It makes no sense. But look at um, Jay-Z. He has Beyonce. That's but yeah, but they're like both rich. I mean, these people are both rich. the The joke was for the plus Jay Z. Like that's always like a bad picture of Jay Z. It's like <laughs> that joke is not even funny because it's not even like a good picture of Jay Z. Like when he's people get in and out of shape, right? Yeah. So it's like it's not actually fair to like take the worst picture you've ever seen of him and then be like, how did he get her? That doesn't make any sense. They did the same thing with Vin Diesel. That picture from the yacht where yeah. he's like got the beer belly i'm like the dude probably just ate and is like off fil- he's not not filming a movie right now dude can let himself go for a while right <laughs> but there's there's this meme and it says how do guys like pete davidson uh pull women like kim kardashian he says he's funny bro if you get a girl and she and you make her laugh a lot her eyes are closed most of the time it's science oh that makes sense yeah because i do like funny guys i don't care about your appearance yeah it's, as long as you're making them laugh and their eyes are closed from laughing they don't have to look at you that much it's perfect science yeah but still still but like have you seen like recent news where like he used her car to buy her jewelry and they rented out the whole movie i saw theater. the whole i saw the whole movie theater one yeah. yeah they went to house of gucci apparently a movie flop Yes, definitely a movie flop. So Sorry, Lady Gaga, but that was a flop. She's a good actress, though, when she, she gets the right roles. Like, I'm, I mean, she's not really, like, I'm not, like, I saw A Star is Born. Yeah. I haven't seen House of Gucci yet. Wait, have you seen her role, like, her first acting role? American in, Horror Story? Yes. I didn't see, I, I know about it. I, I know some people uh, thought it was really it. great. I loved it because, like, she gets into your mind where, like, she knows that she has all the power. And she's like, don't mess with me. I will cut you. You're just violent. I think that's the problem. Miracle's just violent. I'm not violent. I'm never turning my back on you again. Of course, you'd never be able to sneak up on me because you just cough the whole time. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so, I walked to work today. That's why. It says... <laughs> it says... <laughs> <laughs> If you're listening to the podcast, I'm rolling my eyes right now. It says, a source tells E! News uh, Pete's invite that, uh, quote, Kim is really excited about having him around and Chris is already obsessed with him. The whole family is a fan of Pete's and would love to spend the holiday with him. Meanwhile, the same source confirms that Connie has been invited and, quote, there is a possibility that they will both be there. I like how they're like, we're all excited for Pete, but nobody's excited for poor Kanye. Poor Kanye. He's the baby daddy. Kanye spent the the past several months uh, publicly asking Kim to get back together with him. Oh, Mm -hmm. most recently uh, changing the lyrics of "Runaway" to "I need you to run right back, (laughs) baby." Please, specifically Kimberly. Baby, please. Baby, more specifically Kimberly. So he wants Kim back. Yeah, but I think like I think we're talking about this with Chris, where they sign contracts. I legit think she signed a contract with him and she was like, we're done. I need a next schmuck. Not if they make kids, not make kids, not, not if they have kids. I don't know if that's necessarily true if they have, because the the idea behind that is always that like, it's like a contract where like you pretend to be together, (gasps) but you're not actually together. So like, are they actually uh, having families if they're pretending? Well, look at 
the rest of her family. Like, look at Kylie. I suppose if you're that attractive, like, even if you're not necessarily attracted to one another, just being that attractive might mean that something might happen between you in some way, shape, or... She's like, don't touch me. Just give me your sperm wings. Thank you for that visual. Thank you. Uh, Kim is making a statement by doubling down that she's single. The source said she, quote, she thinks she, it's strange that Kanye keeps saying he wants her back, but all the while he's got, he's got uh, Vinatria, is that her name? At his Malibu house. In her recent filing, uh, Kim said that the, quote, irreconcilable differences have existed and continue to exist between West and me, uh, which have caused our marriage to irretrievably break down. No counseling or reconciliation effort will be of any value at this time. West and I both deserve the opportunity to build new lives. That is a very reasonable take on her part. Mm -hmm. Uh, Therefore, I am asking that my request to bifurcate then terminate our our marital status be granted. So she's too busy, man. She's Mm -hmm. dating. Pete Davidson she's uh, getting her she's on her way to getting her law degree she's running her gazillion dollar empire and Kanye's got Yeezys to make and music to make and uh, birthday party fundraisers to throw or something (laughs) come on but he's a good guy like he donated a lot of money to help like kids around the US I saw an article about that for for Christmas um, Mm -hmm. stuff like that Uh, I give him more of the benefit of the doubt than a lot of people Mm -hmm. uh, for some reason he's also just so unapologetically weird in who he is that I can appreciate it like it doesn't feel like an act to me Mm -hmm. so I still say Kim go back to Kanye but we can't call him Kanye anymore. He Yee. legally Yee. changed his name to Yee. Yee. I have a hard time just saying Yee. I feel ridiculous saying Yee. <laughs> Are you dying? I think she's dying, ladies I and am. gentlemen. This, I think we're just going to scrap this podcast and just the heck with it. The heck with it. Miracle died. Miracle's dying. What the heck are we going to do? So, so if, uh, uh, if they end up at the same party together and they get into a fight, who wins? Kanye. Every time. Yeah. Yeah. Though it would be funny to see Pete try to throw a punch maybe and kind of just does that thing where he puts your hand out and he's like... Wait, how tall is Pete? I have no idea. You'll have to look it up. But like, uh, but Connie's not that tall either. Nope. Connie's just a, a regular looking dude. But I still think Connie wins in a fight hands down. <laughs> Connie looks like he can throw hands. But it does just seem Wait, awkward. he's really tall. Who? Pete Davidson. How tall is he? 6'3". No way. No, he's not. No way. I feel like that's fake news. Because maybe. I believe Machine Gun Kelly is six four. Maybe that's why that. he. Maybe that's why he's so lanky looking. Oh, it's because Kim Kardashian's five two, so she's the same height as me. Okay, well there you go. Wait, how tall is Kanye then? Then you have to find out. So, so Pete Davidson's six. I I just don't buy that. I don't buy that because he looks really short and skinny. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the skinniness. Then we need like a boxing pose between the two of them and see how that turns out. Kanye is only five eight. Okay, well that's a that's a tough fight for Kanye. He doesn't have the reach, <laughs> but maybe he's got the the fire in the belly, the tenacity to take out Pete like a warrior and prove his worth to Kim. Well, he looks like he can throw a punch, yeah. but you know who also looks like can throw a punch? Hawkeye. Oh man, the the segues are like the segues are going to become like part of this for us. We're gonna like it's uh, people are going to be waiting for the the ridiculous. Um, <laughs> The very, very ridiculous uh, segues that we make into each topic. This one being for Kanye, or for Kanye, for Hawkeye. (laughs) Uh, So we just saw the final episode Mm -hmm. of Hawkeye, of a six-episode miniseries. I was 
unapologetically the only one, uh, one of the only ones who seemed to be really standing for the show, who I went into the show not liking the concept. I did not want to see Kate Bishop replace uh, Clint Barton just because my MC, MCU and my feminism in my 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the most part, I would like to say that through episode four, they exceeded my expectations. Granted, they weren't very high. Mm-hmm. But episode five and six, especially six, holy crap, did they drop the ball on this. I was so disappointed. Um, really dropped the ball on this in a way that's almost uh, almost hard to believe. That's my personal opinion. Um, this article uh, is from CNN Entertainment, and that's another reason why it's amazing. <coughs> like, even CNN can't stand for this for this show. Yeah. So it says, Marvel packed... A, it says the title of the article is Hawkeye Takes Aim at Too Many Targets with its Very Busy Finale. Marvel packed a lot of presents under the tree for Hawkeye's sixth and final episode, an almost insanely busy hour that unfolded on too many fronts. While the studio deserves credit for indulging a show with, that dared to be as goofy as a to be goofy as often as not meaning mm-hmm. like it's it's spent a, mu- a good amount of time being funny but more time as much time not being funny yeah uh, i would say it was not that it was funny and serious it was that it was funny and neutral mm-hmm. like it felt boring at times but it didn't really bother me because i enjoy dialogue heavy scenes so i give a lot more leeway whereas a lot of other people don't Boo. Uh, other than the esta- other than establishing kate bishop this series felt more disposable than any of the other disney plus predecessors i would absolutely agree with that yeah i recommend just watching wandavision um, call it at night. I wouldn't even watch. I I just watch Loki. <laughs> oh, I haven't watched yeah. that yet. So it says, although Hawkeye, Clint Barton, played by Jimmy Renner, and his new sidekick Kate, uh, played by Haley Steinfeld, mm-hmm. uh, provided the show center. Hawkeye was heavily punctuated by other Marvel properties pulled into its orbit. By the finale, this included not only Yelena. Uh, from Black Widow, finally sharing her grief with Clint over Natasha's death, but the Kingpin, played by Vincent D'Onofrio, introduced into the gritty dare, uh, introduced in the gritty Daredevil series that Netflix ran from 2015 to 2018, coupled with the, an appearance by Charlie Cox as Daredevil in, Spy, in the Spider-Man sequel, and in Star Wars terms, we're seemingly probing the outer rim of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> in one key respect, the show gave part of the game away with its casting, since Vera Farmiga would, would be an unusually high-profile talent to squander and what was been up until the penultimate episode a fairly basic role as Kate's mom I would say they did blunder that that and okay the first thing that hit me first uh, early on when they're about to go off and have this battle right now Mm -hmm. if you've seen the episode uh, we're going to do spoilers we're not going to do a spoiler non-spoiler for this but basically they're going to have their big battle with the tracksuit mafia and they're going to have at the at the party you know at her family's party right Mm -hmm. and he he goes, you're my partner. It did, like, he, he, like, she's trying to, like, go away, like, get away and, like, handle this on her own. And he uses the line, you're my partner. That didn't feel earned at all. Like, maybe if there was a big conflict at the very end of the episode mm-hmm. and he used it, it would have worked. But it didn't work here. It didn't work. He could have said, you're the psychic. Go. No, no, he, he should have just said, like, let's do this. She, she almost always defers to him in the show, right? Mm-hmm. She's stubborn and yeah. she's d- doesn't listen to what she's told when they're in action. But yeah. when they're, when they're planning, she seems to defer to him. So this made no sense. And then also for the, the one good thing I'll say about it is Jack ends up being a good guy. Yeah. That was like the one good twist. Were you upset about that? No, I loved it. That, that part I did love. That was like the one saving grace was him being all like, like, theatrical as he's like going with swords at the uh, at the he was fencing fencing, right so let me get this straight 
by the end of this episode, first of all, they, they ruined Vincent D'Onofrio as mm -hmm. Kingpin, but we'll come back to that. Um, Kate, after finding out that her mom was the reason that, uh, that Jack's dad, uh, what's that character? I, I don't remember the, the, the guy that, the, that was framed from, that Jack was framed for murdering. It says it his the, uncle, uh, his uncle, it's not Alexander, but, um, so his, uh, uh she, he's she frames her own fiance for his uh, uncle's murder, mm -hmm. right? And then Kate, who <laughs> is finds out earlier in the season in season five that Clint is Ronin, mm -hmm. killed a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. Is like, oh, you made mistakes, but then she turns her mom into the cops. What the hell? That doesn't make any freaking sense. D did that make sense to you? No, but she was upset because her mom was also in cahoots with Kingpin. But but you turn in your own flesh and blood for uh, for a crime that was literally. But it's Christmas. But so so uh, the mom and we're not giving the mom a pass here. She's mm -hmm. a she's a layered character, right? Uh, even then, like there's not much there. It's like we needed like we were struggling. Like what you were poor. Like if yeah. we knew more, if if we saw more of Vera Farmiga as her mom in the show, maybe that would have hit harder. Mm -hmm. But we didn't see very much of her in the show, so we don't really feel any emotional connection there. Plus, they weren't that poor. First episode, no, they had no. a swanky apartment. No, I think what they're saying is that he was in debt. Mm -hmm. uh, so they're on the outside. They're they look rich, but yeah. they're actually poor. Yeah. Uh, and that can so so. First of all, that scene frustrated the hell out of me. Mm -hmm. One one thing I will say is uh, another thing is Yelena. Yeah. Uh, Again, she just decides to oh, she, so she gets the second the story from Clint secondhand. When he whistled, I yeah. was like, dude, this is like Batman and. Uh, Batman versus Superman were Martha Martha yeah. he's like how do you know that name all Clint did was whistle yep and then explain to her second hand she has no way to know if he's telling the truth or not. Yeah. maybe this would have uh, hit more emotional uh, hit us more emotionally if she wasn't just thrown in in episode five and six yeah that's the problem the Yelena's character and uh, Wilson Fisk's character uh, mm -hmm. Clint's character uh, Clint, uh, D'Onofrio's character were ruined because they just make appearances at the end. Mm -hmm. You have no idea, somebody who doesn't care about Daredevil, how formidable Vincent D'Onofrio is as that character of Kingpin, as Wilson yeah. Fisk. Uh, and to see them just dispose of him like that, I don't think he's dead. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they show, you hear the bullet off screen. Yeah. But, but still, he's nerfed the whole time. Like, he, like, sh he, he should be waste. They tried to do it with music, right? Mm -hmm. They tried to add foreboding music. Yeah. But, and that delivery, like, he has an amazing voice, the way mm -hmm. he delivers the, the words from that character. But you don't feel any connection to it because it's not the same Wilson Fisk that he portrayed in Daredevil mm -hmm. because, objectively, they're not the same reality anymore. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't feel authentic to the Daredevil season, series. It doesn't feel serious enough... It, uh, it feels like almost too serious to be in um, MCU, but not serious enough to be uh, real striking. So he's just kind of lost. Mm -hmm. I will say that they did do a good job of not making uh, Kate Bishop look like she's perfect. Like mm -hmm. Fisk beats the crap out of her yep. almost that whole time. She gets lucky at the end, basically. Yep. Like the scene where he breaks all the arrows was sick. Like mm -hmm. that was really good. But that character, no justice was done to it. Uh, I will say that Linda Cardellini, again, the best as Laura. Uh, and then she gets the watch back at the end, proving that she was uh, a shield agent, right? Yeah. Uh, so, so that works. But in general, and he did make it home in time for Christmas. So they, he they, did, but he brought Kate with him. That was weird. Mm -hmm. I, I, 
I don't know because what I'm expecting. Because she's an orphan now. Yes. Like, Even though she's 22. And she sent her own mom to jail. <laughs> yeah, she's 22 and now she's an orphan. I have to take her home. So I'm going to go spend time with this rando family and light uh, the Ronin suit on fire. Um, I just, it's a Viking funeral for the Ronin. For, I just really, that really bothered me that mm-hmm. she was willing to send her own mom to jail for, for framing someone for murder mm-hmm. uh, and working with Fisk. But Clint, who is objectively a murderer as mm-hmm. Ronin, not, he didn't arrange murder. She just went out and indiscriminately killed bad guys. Oh, well, it's fine. You're, it's fine. You're life killing gangsters. Hard. Life was hard. It was the blip. Things were bad. There's no consistency there. Mm-hmm. Like, the best I can say about this show is that Haley Steinfeld uh, lived up, like, did very well as Kate Bishop uh, outside the costume. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that. They didn't make her invincible. Mm-hmm. They made her really good at a bow and arrow really quick, but that's, they were pressed for time. They needed mm-hmm. to get this story going because it took place all over the holiday season. Yeah. So you couldn't show earlier parts of her building up that talent because mm-hmm. it wouldn't have fit with the theme. Yeah. So I'll say that Haley Steinfeld did a very good job as Kate Bishop outside the costume. That's but true. This, the rest of it, uh, I'm just not a fan. What about like the LARPers? The, the LARPers out of nowhere put on their costumes for no reason. That was cheese, but it did, they did kind of uh, mitigate that when Clint goes, we're going to die. Yeah, like, I love that, that part. That was funny. That, I that, love that part because he's like, we're going to die. It's not like they played it for serious, yeah. right? So uh, between that and Yelena just randomly having a, a change of heart because mm-hmm. boo-hoo, he knows. He whistled. He told you a story that may or may not be true. <laughs> He whistled. He, That's what changed her heart because she's like, how do you know that? Yep. And he's like, Natasha. How do you know that name? <laughs> Natasha. Nata- they should have done that. They should have just redone. Yeah. Hi- N- Natasha. That would have been really funny. They should have done it. Uh, and then they- He they should have sh- spoke in Russian. He, sh- no, maybe. he should have done that. That would have made more sense instead of a freaking whistle. And then- <laughs> I get the reference, but it's like, uh, also they did, they did, they kept the echo story going. She's getting better with each episode. I like this episode. I'm still not a fan. Like I didn't like her doing that to, to Kingpin. I don't give a crap about the Kazi character. That guy was, Mm -hmm. that guy was discount Jon Snow the whole time. Hey, come on. I'm sorry. Come on. Who's going to translate what she's saying now? I know, right? Uh, like he's like, uh, like, I felt like they gave him more screen time than a lot of people and there was mm-hmm. still no emotional resonance when he's like, oh, I wouldn't want this for you. Mm-hmm. It's just, it he's didn't like, work, man. This wasn't my life. It was yours. No, he says, this wasn't your life. It was my life. Like, he, wanted that, like, mm. he wanted that life to be his. Yeah. He didn't want her to become a criminal. Yeah. But it just, it didn't work. It, they tried, mm-hmm. but I really like none of this episode. I, and it sucks too because I loved, okay, that's exaggerating. I'm giving you, I, I tolerated and enjoyed most of episodes one through four, but five and six just dropped off a cliff for me. Those characters, Kingpin, (coughs) Kingpin and Yelena should have been throughout the whole series. They shouldn't have just been added in the, I know, I'm sure it's expensive Mm -hmm. to get Vincent D'Onofrio and Florence Pugh, Mm -hmm. but they should have been part of the the episodes prior. Otherwise, there's no emotional connection there. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like for me, I'm just done with it i'm like good riddance yeah miracle's very happy right now miracle is very happy that we got done that we're done with this did you watch the post credit scene of the yeah, whole yeah i did <sighs> um before I, you move your head back there's a stink bug i know where behind your head there we go uh yeah but See i how did cool i played that yeah um i cringed really hard 
I didn't understand that whole part. I was like, oh, they finally showed us what they're singing. And about. no, and no, like actual cliffhanger or mm-hmm. story continuation. Just the, just the. But they said at the end of that, they're like, "Happy holidays from Marvel Studios." I get it. It's it's a holiday special. I just. I was really maybe maybe if they had stuck the landing on this episode, mm-hmm. I would have given that thing more leeway. Yeah. But I didn't. But they didn't. So. But okay, Yelena and Kate fight scene. I thought that was kind of funny. <sighs> that was that's the, that's the other thing. The the elevator scene mm-hmm. didn't work for me. Like where they're like where she smacked her hand. She may, was like, no. Maybe if it was a different episode and I was being more charitable, that would have yeah. been funny. Mm-hmm. But like the whole thing, like there's nothing threatening or at all assassinish about. The about the Yelena character to me because you said like she's very tiny. She, she looks tiny. She looks like she still got baby fat yeah. on her cheeks. So mm-hmm. it's like I don't buy it. They I understand. try to age her up. Do you notice that? No. Well, her hair, like with her hair, no, uh, like the makeup. They try to no. age her up. Yeah, it makes sense. They they have to because she mm-hmm. looks so young, and th- that makes sense as a femme fatale assassin, but not yeah. as a brutal combatant. If that makes sense, yeah. Like, if she's somebody who's uh who infiltrates a party right and slips yeah. something into your drink, mm-hmm. that works. Yeah. But as somebody who's just getting into hand-to-hand combat, eh. she looks so tiny. And then like um, Haley Steinfeld, dude, she's tall compared to her. Yeah, she is. So the whole yeah. fight scene, I thought it wasn't fair. It just looked like a toddler fighting like a grown adult. So if there's uh, if there's like, if we're going to give a positive for the show as a whole, not this episode, uh, is there a positive that you have coming out of it? Is there something you liked that you maybe didn't realize you would have liked? He made it for Christmas. He made it for Christmas. That's it. Uh, yes. Uh, oh, the dog. Positive. Uh, Our favorite character, the dog, who doesn't talk. It's a it's a positive portrayal mm-hmm. uh, of Clint as a father. Like he is shown as very competent, mm-hmm. right? I yeah. was not a fan of him. Uh, what was the the thing on the ice? Like where she saved. Like I felt like he should have been more competent there as well. Uh-huh. But. That's just me. But I think it's a positive portrayal of him getting home to his family. I think it's a positive portrayal of family, which I'm always in support of. I love the introduction or or just reintroducing that that, uh, Laura Barton was uh, a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. That's fine. But in general, uh, I think that Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop, not as the Archer, proved that she could actually do this role. Oh, yeah. Maybe when she gets to do this role, not in the shadow of Clint, maybe it will be better. But I love it at the end where she was like, so what should be my superhero name? She's like, Lady Arrow. Lady He's Arrow. like, no. No, definitely not. Or like Lady Hawk. He's like, yeah. uh-uh. No. no. Like that That was fine. I, I was okay with that. Like I said, I enjoyed them together when they were not doing the archery stuff or yeah. any type of the fighting. I preferred that more yeah. because like at that end scene where like he's like nah and he's like what about this and then they cut it yeah. and I'm like what the heck? Well because they're just saying what about and then Hawkeye comes on the screen. Yeah. The, so they're, that's like they're, that's the official uh, transfer of power from Clint Barton to Haley Stein or to Kate Bishop as Hawkeye. They should have done that with Falcon Winter Soldier. Should have done it. I guess I guess for me like is like it could have been like the four good episodes hold up i'll never watch any of this again that yeah. it does doesn't have rewatch value for me it doesn't like again like i was talking about it when we first give, watched. give jack his own show <laughs> go on um like when i was talking about this in the beginning when we started watching the show yeah i usually watch these shows when i'm working yeah if I now it's part of your work, so you have to pay closer attention. I know, but it's funny because like usually when I watch it, and if it's a good show, I somewhat pay attention. And like if you ask me what happens when you leave the room while I'm busy typing, 
I can tell you exactly what happens. Yeah. But with this show, I'm like, I don't know what happened. They mentioned in the article, very disposable. Yeah. The whole thing felt disposable to yeah. me. Um, I would say don't go back to the well with this one. Uh, maybe Haley Steinfeld. Just throw it. Just throw it. I don't, Bring it. Like the movie ring, this... Just throw it down the well. Yeah. Bye. So I mean, it was a good attempt. They mm-hmm. they tried. I don't think it the I don't think the, fr- mo- think the sh- series overall was as bad as most people were expecting it to be. Mm-hmm. But those two episodes at the end really killed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, really didn't do well uh, in my opinion. If they if they killed off Wilson Fisk, I will riot. I better find out that that was like a a, a fake and that gunshot like hopefully like Daredevil dropped down mm-hmm. off screen and like stopped it like hit her with the baton uh, and the <laughs> bullet goes flying so that that's my hope for that but uh you know fingers crossed that uh there's better things to come i'm more excited about gotham pd to be awesome to to be honest but it's not even marvel that's- i don't care about marvel i i watch marvel because marvel like gets it right once in a while uh but i you know for the most part i'm a dc guy so i i'm more excited about that and i'm more excited about the batman so Batman. Yes. So, any uh, any final? Okay. What? what you, that's your one thing that you did like the dog. Um, the the, the dog. Is <laughs> Who there any, doesn't talk? Is, is there a way that you would have uh, felt that they could have like what one thing would you have changed about the ending that would have that you think would have made it better? I really didn't like Yelena being in there. Yeah. Like there was no need for her. Either have her in all the episodes or mm-hmm. don't use her at all. Exactly because yeah. she's a widower. Yep. She's a black widow. Yep. Basically utilize that because you're saying that she's a black widow they're like the most fiercest agents well not even agents they're spies they're warriors assassins thank you i was using every other word but that but um wanting to put her in episode one from day one put her in like she's hiding in the shadows like she's plotting to kill clint and then like change her heart like she's like dude he just wants to get to his family um like she's listening to him talking to his daughter and like you yeah, remember in yeah, episode like, like, one like she bugs him uh, yeah. like uh, like and she's listening to him off screen yeah uh, or uh, like like from another building and mm-hmm. like it ends and up slowly he, changing her opinion of yeah him. and she's like listening to how he feels about natasha because yeah. like natasha and him i feel like they were trying to push it where like they were supposed to fall in love <laughs> it was never gonna work given his family given that his family was already part of the mm-hmm. show yeah yeah but then that's when they put in the hulk they're like just take her <laughs> go with the hulk yeah couldn't even give him thor mm-hmm. the hell with redhead and blonde the hell with jane foster mm-hmm. natasha mm-hmm. um so yeah I, I think that's a good idea i think if they they, they would have been better <coughs> off using her the whole time yeah. and have her opinion of him slowly change yeah that, that makes more sense instead of stupid whistle yeah i hate that whistle part because yep. like she whistles out of nowhere and then he whistles back Yep. And she's like, how do you know that? <laughs> how do you know that whistle? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, 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 the only credit I'll give them is they got Clint home in time for Christmas. I would have been pissed if they hadn't gotten him home in time for Christmas. So at least we got that. Also, what did he give his kids for Christmas? I, I know one of them got a Nerf gun. Yeah, I saw the Nerf gun. That was the only No bow and arrow for the kid? That's too bad. That would have been funny. Get yeah. him a Nerf. A Nerf uh, bow and arrow. Yeah, that they been, have it. That would have been awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that was that was. I mean, that, that's a good discussion on it because I was very angry when I got done. I just wanted to destroy it. Go like, bye. We're, we're we are done with it. We are moving on to greener pastures. We'll watch the Matrix tonight. If that's mm-hmm. bad too, we'll just uh, we'll take some antidepressants and keep going. <laughs> it's Hollywood, man. It's going to let you down on a regular basis. 
That's true. There's so many allegations that are out. That is that is very well. I was referring more to the actual entertainment is going to let you down from time to time. Sure. Yes, it is. <laughs> All right. Well, that's. Uh, I mean, I don't think they do. I don't think you do another season of this. I don't think it. Works. No. No. Nope. Leave it. Burn it. Leave it. Burn. Just burn it. Put it down the well. Kill it with fire. <laughs> <laughs> like how they did with the Ronin suit. Exactly. All right, that is that is everything today, Miracle. Why don't you give everyone your social media? I don't have any because it rots your brain. Still, still, it still rots your brain. Yeah, yeah, it rots your brain. Like, look at Hawkeye. That's a that's a, a consequence. That doesn't make any sense. Miracle's not making any sense, folks. Uh, guy. Uh, maybe it's because all that coughing I did. My brain cells are dying. But I was going to make a correlation. Go like, look at Hawkeye. This is the reason why social media should exist. Which literally makes no sense, but <laughs> we'll, leave, we'll leave it be. It's fine. Now I'm going to, I have a challenge for you, Miracle. I'm going to finish this episode. I'm going to need you to <coughs> not cough <coughs> until we're done. Okay. Okay? Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. A uh, cough. If, cough, yeah. <laughs> if, uh, you done? You yeah. sure? Okay, she's done. All right, guys. Thank you for watching today's episode of Pop Culture Crisis. If you want to watch full episodes of the show, you can find us on Spotify, on Pandora, on Apple Music, on Amazon Music. You can find uh, uh, clips of the show on YouTube, and there will be a link to the Spotify for the full uh, for the full episodes in each of the clips. And if you want to follow us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter at popculture underscore show, and you can find us also on Boomerbook. And TikTok at Pop Culture Crisis. That is everything for now, guys. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. The Boomer Book. I like Boomer Book. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>